Thank you for joining us once again for this journey of mystery and suspense. From the currently still-named Potluck Podcast on podbean.com, appearing live every Wednesday at 7 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, USA. I am Tony B. Recently, presenting to you another Radio Theater of the Mind episode. So, relax, enjoy, like, share, and subscribe. It helps us appear to like-minded listeners. And thanks. This is the story of the kidnapping that goes horribly right. An original story wrote and recited by Tony B. Recently. Chapter 1 For reasons unknown at this time, a woman is being dragged into a van by a disheveled man. After taping her mouth, hands, and feet, he proceeds to quickly drive away. After some time, the woman starts making noises to get his attention. After about another ten minutes of this, the man asks the woman if she has to pee. Eventually, he pulls over and takes the tape away from her mouth. Yes! Yes, I have to go, she says. Okay, here's a Ziploc bag he held out to her. You can go in the back of the van. I'll turn away, he said. What? Look, there's no one on the road. I'll just squat outside the van real quick, she said. Nothing doing. Hurry up. We gotta get you to my boss. Upon doing so, the drive resumes with the man silent and the woman retaped and slumped in the back of the van. She starts making those noises again. What? exclaimed the man angrily, while insisting he needs to get her back to his boss. But she keeps persisting. Frustrated, he pulls over again. Pulling the tape away again, he asks, What? I don't care if you want to kill me. That's fine, but I do need an out either way. Curious, the man asks. What do you mean? She continues. Well, I'm looking to either disappear entirely, which is what you were interrupting, by the way. But anyhow, I have an unavoidable lawsuit pending to which I know I don't have a hope in hell of getting out of. They're trying to steal my fortune, and I won't have it. And I was on my way of getting that fortune and being on my way when you had interrupted me. So, what am I getting at, right? I have an idea for the both of us. What are you getting to force me into slavery or sex slavery or whatever you're doing with me? Apprehensive to answer, the man says, Ten grand. Chapter 2 
That's all I'm worth to your boss is $10,000? Sharply, she says, look, you can kill me now, mister, because I ain't being anybody's sex slave. That, I guarantee, short of biting off a man's dick. So if you're interested in making 50 grand just to drive me a little more south of here, no questions asked, you've got a deal. So I'm offering you more than double what your boss is offering you. Saying so pointedly. Hmm, 50 big ones, huh? Yes, she replied matter-of-factly. I believe you, said the man from out of nowhere. Because you don't care if you live or die. I saw that in your eyes. You gave little resistance. Said very little. You didn't even cry at all. Not even once. Your attitude was completely different from all the others. That's how I know, or have a pretty good idea, that you're being for real, lady. Well, yes, the woman said with a bit more ease. So, where's this money, he asked coldly. It's in my storage shed, she replied. Go up here and turn left onto Monica Boulevard. That's Route 104 North, he said. That's the opposite direction. It will get us back to Montclair, where my storage shed is located. But what about security cams, interrupted the man. I'm not driving into a trap, lady, he said. No, no. It's on a friend's private lot. It's one of those uh, shipping containers, storage shed. She got it cheap, but she has no idea of the money in there. No one does, really, but um, us. <laughs> she pauses and reflects on this. Chapter 3 So now it comes, the captor's big payoff, where, oddly enough, the man has already fallen in love with the idea of disappearing as well. But in spite of this, he will not be fooled despite the earlier trustworthy hubris. He's packed a forty-five and told the woman as such numerous times throughout this ordeal. But to her, she really loves this deal and was delighted to give up some money for a chance somewhere else. She regarded it as rather beneficial and a serendipitous event. She is seizing the moment and taking active opportunity in or it means taking her own life. Turn right here, she exclaimed. He did so. It was a tree-lined road, dark, but nicely macadamed and landscaped, as the headlights would reveal. Just up ahead and through some trees came flickering security lights. Pulling up upon a clearing, and sure enough, there was a shipping container off to the side. Okay, untape the rest of me so I can go in there, she said. I'm going in with you and no funny stuff, lady, he demanded. Very well then, 
Let's go. The big door creaked as it opens and released the bar locks. Flipping a light switch revealed the clamor of organized boxes and furniture and a big safe. Walking up to it, she knelt before it in order to open it. Suddenly, the lights go out. Hey, what the? yells the man. The door slams shut again. And you could hear the bar locks clasping on the outside. Now, lunging towards the doors, the man starts firing off his gun. The woman screams and falls to the ground as she covers her ears too late. And a deafening, overwhelming scene of gun smoke in the air. But yet, there was a silence. And yet, more and more silence. The ringing in her ears subsided somewhat. Are you okay? She cried out. Still silence. She fumbled for her cell phone. Chapter 4 Shaking, the woman finds her flashlight setting on her cell phone. Illuminating, she could see through a faint haze the man on the ground, dead apparently from a bullet ricochet. Suddenly, the lights come back on and the door reopens. A big swath of light from the parking lot shines in. Hello, shouts the woman. Is that you, Debbie? asks the woman. No reply. Nothing. She carefully steps over the man's body and exits the container. And again she yells, Hello? No reply. She rambles around the container a bit. No one. No heard footsteps coming up or going away. Nothing. Clearing her mind and spotting the van and seizing this new opportunity, the woman returns to the safe, removes her backpack full of money and proceeds the lifeless man's body to retrieve his cell phone and wallet with some cash and ID, to which she figures she will throw out the ID and the wallet in the next gas station trash bin, leaving the container with her newfound getaway van. Perfect, she thought. Honduras, here I come, as the taillights fade to black.